Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Get Realists podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, if you are returning, thank you for returning. Uh, for those who are new, just some, uh, just some, just some stuff to clear up on the tip top of the podcast, and then we're going to get into the uh, the goodies with uh, you know these rad guests and good friends of mine that we're we're about to uh, chat with. But um, we are live on Facebook.com. Uh, get realisms. Go on getrealisms.com. Pick up your get realisms book, you guys. Available now on getrealisms.com. Come on, give me a break, will ya? Get the book, help us out. And if you do get the book, check out uh, Christine's recent blog. She had a blog about uh, being first AD in the midst of the pandemic. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun little read. Uh, she talks about, you know, safety precautions and, you know, the, the lengths they go through to run a productive, safe set, uh, especially for a feature you know, with tests every single day, um, you know, uh, COVID negative certificates before the sets and then testing afterwards and all sorts of stuff, you guys. So check it out, getrealisms.com. Follow Christine on Facebook. Follow Christine on uh, Instagram. Uh, Christine, it was C. Chen MTF on Instagram and uh, getrealisms on his, Instagram too. You guys, <sighs> It is my pleasure and my honor to have a returning friend of Get Real Lives podcast, Peyton Brewer. Hi, Peyton. Hi. That is Peyton. Hi, Peyton. Thank you for returning again. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me again. Uh, last week, we were talking about a lot about uh, your process in writing and directing, particularly on... And that's it for me. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's been the Get Realisms Podcast. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll have... <laughs> it's so rude. It's so rude. You're, you know, uh, Bennett, Charlie, um, there's been there's been uh, there's been news there's been speculation going around that uh, you you guys have uh, a script that is I will say in my opinion one of the most fun reads that I've read and it's written so well and it's a fantastic story it's a wonderful story. And um, I wanted to get your guys' two cents and what the script is about, how you got started with it, and where do you plan on taking the script. So, gentlemen, please, floor is yours. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, I guess I'll start out just because I, the idea came to me actually when I was in rehab, um, and it's about two. Uh, recovering drug addicts who live together and sober living who are trying to navigate life sober. Um, navigate life sober among also just regular life stuff. Um, but the, the idea came to me when I was in treatment and I kind of played around with it for quite a while just in my mind and <clears throat> on my own. And then what, it was probably like a year and a half later we met and started kind of 
connecting. Yeah. yeah um, we've been on it. And, and really you guys working. met in recovery. We did. Ben was actually my counselor, so I ended up going to rehab again after that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Bennett was my counselor, and he really didn't counsel me at all. We just talked about film, so I give him no credit for that, um, mm -hmm. for him healing me or anything. But um, we kind of just kicked it off, and then I just I could see the passion that Bennett had around film, um, and I was more into just like. I guess the screenwriting process and just writing in general before I was a musician and wrote poetry and was a lyricist. And so I kind of just noticed Bennett's just zest for movies and his knowledge. And I was just like, this is someone I want to, you know, I'd like to work with um, someone who I think also has the motivation and ambition and, uh, you know, creative ability to, to do it. Um, and so it was kind of strange how we kind of started talking, like I showed you some of my old music videos mm -hmm. and some of the songs I had written and it took a while before we, uh, Oh, did he tell me to cut off? No, 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 you're good. You're good. Oh, keep you're going, good. keep going. I love it. Then it's just being rude. I'm sorry, uh, Charlie. Yeah. Video music videos are incredible. K2 crazy yeah. kids on YouTube. If you guys want to check yeah. out their bananas. What was it called again? K2 crazy kids. K2 Crazy Kids. Bananas. Spelled with all kids. Bananas. Um, but, um, yeah, and so I think um, I, I – so I actually had taken that screenwriting class uh, that we met Peyton in before um, without Bennett in it. So I had taken it on my own. I did the film one that time. So I had been working on a similar idea of halfway there – the you know pilot we've written but instead of doing it in a feature and then i had a kind of another writing partner then but he fell off the face of the earth and wasn't you know as committed and um then the more bennett and i hung out and you know talked about film and like you got really into the idea mm -hmm. and i was just like dude like we need to do this mm -hmm. you know and um and then we kind of started messing around with like I, I'd showed him the stuff I'd written in that original screenwriting class. And, um, and then we kind of slowly just started knocking it out. I mean, I had had a lot of like probably a year of kind of going like originally it was going to be a feature. So I had a lot of like, I spent a lot of time on character development and whatnot. And then the screenwriting class kind of helped me like, you know, cause I didn't know exactly what I was doing in terms of I didn't go to school for anything. So um, the screenwriting class kind of helped me uh, um, kind of organize things and be like, you can't, don't spend like six months doing character mm. development and stuff right. like, like get things moving. There wasn't, there wasn't much of a story. Right. The characters yeah. were really good, but the plot mm -hmm. didn't mm -hmm. really, like this. at the end of the second act, I think, right? Like the third yeah. act was just basically like, just dialogue almost. There wasn't uh -huh. much of a story to right. it. Yeah. And, Which that's, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know, just having a lot of dialogue, you know. But right. There wasn't much happening, I think. I think and that's where you were struggling was like beats, the, right? The, the struggle was, was with the, uh, there wasn't enough conflict, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, I was just lacking exposition. Was, yeah. yeah. And, and um, I, I'm super into dialogue driven stuff. Um, Same. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
But what Bennett is really good at is structure and organization and kind of like making sure big that's picture. Big, picture, big picture, big, big picture stuff. So I think that's why we, we work so well together um, because all kind of like when I write dialogue, like I do the best when I'm alone and can have yeah. you know, my space to like go into those worlds and really like, I mean, I can take, you know, a couple hours to write, you know, fucking page. a page of dialogue um, easy. And so, but it, but we do really well when we then come back together and kind of go over it and then we can kind of cut or edit or, you know, so that's, that's kind of, I guess my writing process mm -hmm. is, is having that space to like, you know, use my imagination and put myself in those worlds. And, then, and that's pretty rare to have a, a writing partner that is just as passionate as, with film as you are. Right. You know? And yeah. to share that same passion, especially for writing, because writing is an arduous process. It's, it's, it's tedious. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's really challenging and you have to invest all of your attention into it. You can't just half-ass a script truly like you can't. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, when you have that collaborator, because I've had collaborators before on projects too, and it just never panned out. So between you and Bennett, uh, the chemistry was, uh, was, was, was strong because you guys shared the, uh, the passion of uh, right. film, which, uh, which can go a long way because some people rather just take the, the cheap way out, you know, but you guys, you guys find the love in it and you, you, you respect it. You respect the medium. And yeah. it was it was originally there was like six of us right and mm -hmm. I had just gotten this like Sony 4K like camcorder you know like an eight hundred right. like no focus no zoom no anything and we like went to one of the he owns a sober house company as well and so we went to one of the houses and we just filmed this like idea with all these addicts living in this house and it was bananas and it's like we have like one angle for each scene where it's like very mockumentary. And it was not yes. good. It was like 20 minutes long. And that's kind of where like an idea for a show evolved. And then we wrote a different pilot, which was more mm -hmm. of a mockumentary style of this mm -hmm. idea of halfway there. And like, there was like six of us writing. And then by like the second week, Charlie and I were the only ones willing to meet up at least once a week mm -hmm. and like work on it. I mean, we, yeah. and then it went from that to two, sometimes three times a week. And it just, it was a perfect mm -hmm. way to just like kind of whittle down to, who is actually committed to it. And that's why I think all the stuff we've done, we've worked so well with Peyton as well is because um, I'm not going to say Charlie and I are like the most committed people that have ever existed. And, you know, we're hundred percent disciplined, but when we want to do something, we do it and we're willing to take apart or lose leisure time to work on stuff. And Peyton's been the same way. You know, we stick to appointments, we commit to, you know, a disciplined schedule and we haven't found a lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, you talk about a disciplined schedule. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about that. Since you guys are both collaborators, uh, and Charlie, uh, you you could probably answer this question. Do you guys like set a schedule every single week on like you guys meet up on a specific day and then boom, like yeah, you're yeah, you're like, writing? Okay. We when we were working before the pandemic, it was at least once a week. Yeah, we, most we, of the time we, twice. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be nice. so when you're 
one or two nights or one or two days a week. And then um, Cause, uh, we work at the same place, mm-hmm. but we had opposite work schedules. So mm-hmm. it made right. it, but we still met up at least once yeah. a week. Right? Uh, yeah. And, um, and you know, if for some reasons we couldn't meet up, then we would try to do it over the phone, mm-hmm. you know, and we would set, you know, short term goals. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, at the very beginning of the year this year, we met up right around the first of, uh, yes, uh, sorry, J- yeah. of January and we did a, you know, short term, long term uh, goal sheet. And it was incredible what all we got done by yeah. March. Yeah. Um, because you that know, is pretty impressive. Like, like a short film was on that list mm-hmm. and like, uh, not, you know, not the same vision as what we did with sister, right not to that scale, but we well, wanted to film a yeah, short film. Film, a short film and yeah. the universe just all, you know, it just panned out well, but I mean, I think, I think we are good about our discipline and, um, and that's something I really just saw in Bennett, like besides the film stuff, just his, um, ambition and like, um, just his love for cinema. So like, it was, I don't know, I'm not trying to get all cheesy, but for me, it was just really cool to see you grow from. No, go cheesy, go for it. Talking about film, Mm. you know, being just totally, you know, you know, every actor's name and, you know, like just everyone in Hollywood. I'm the same way, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood video. Yeah. And like, so so like, and I hung out at Blockbuster every day after uh, middle school and elementary school. (laughs) That's yeah, sad. I worked there. Yeah. That's so you probably just, helped me out, Bennett, with a couple movies. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just could see that um, <laughs> in Bennett, and it was just, I, I felt like I, you know, you just needed a little nudge, yeah. nudge mm-hmm. you know, to be like, yeah. hey, fucking like, yeah, this is obviously like what you want to do. Absolutely, it know? was, it was the same way with me yeah. with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I just needed that nudge from someone, and we've. We've always, I mean, even when we were working on like a web series that we're doing, we were writing yesterday, um, you know, I take for granted like the seamless flow we have when it comes to writing stuff. Cause there was stuff that he was like, well, what about this? And I was like, ah, well, it kind of doesn't hit this point, doesn't hit this point, doesn't hit this point. And then he said, what about this? And it just like, it was not confrontational. And then he made a counter argument and then we worked and it just kind of became this big idea that molded into, you know, the shape that we actually wanted without confrontation. Um, well, right. So there was a way we found, even I think like my therapist was telling me as weird as it sounds, we work well together as mm-hmm. weird as it sounds. Cause I think in words and he thinks in images. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's how, that's uh, exactly how uh, Seth Green and Evan Goldberg write. That's how, exactly how they write. Evan writes, Seth is the one to, come up with these like crazy ass ideas especially for this is the end which took them like not even a month to write oh wow yeah yeah Yeah, we just it's it's been a fun it's been a fun process and yeah charlie you know we've all we have the same sense of humor which helps a lot really dark really that's also key yeah ridiculous um and so when we write it's like our show we love, for me, like the pinnacle of comedy right now is FX, right? And FXX. Like I love dark absurdism, um, almost like a darker version of Curb Your Enthusiasm type stuff, right? And, and not as, not as bubbly as like Sunny in Philly. 
No, more like the Daves yeah. and your Atlantas, right? And Dave is great. Louis, Louis if you look, and your Ramis on Hulu. Right, um, okay. So that's kind of the type of stuff that we like to write here and there. And so that's oh. what our show kind of is. It's very, because um, the, you know, obviously we said we're both in recovery in the drug addict world, uh, recovering drug addicts, it's hopeful and it's, you know, inspiring, but it's also really absurd and it's really dark. It is absurd and dark, yeah. You're working with high-risk individuals, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how hopeful and inspiring and how much someone turns their life around, they can die tomorrow. And a lot of them do. So just it's very, very dark, and we want to make sure that we felt like there's not really anything out there yet that explores Mm -hmm. both sides of that equally, the funny, hilarious absurdism and the dark reality we see we feel like you have the dark reality of like euphoria right um, yeah like the hilarity of like i forget that sh- that canadian show that you would talk about with uh, oh letter kenny right no no it's oh the dark aa comedy the the uh, AA, it's a can i think it has will arnett in it oh like i know that. what you're talking about and it's yeah. more light about like you know yeah. drug addiction so right. we wanted to find one that bridges the gap yeah you probably steal that from us now but you know <laughs> you risk it to get the biscuit <laughs> no and it works i mean i steal i steal i mean much of my work i mean how i'm writing my script is all due to uh joseph campbell's hero's journey and i read a ton of joseph campbell um especially uh i want to say like the time that i got here to austin uh, I was very, like, I was super depressed. I, I didn't, I, I didn't know anyone. And it was like week, two weeks into, uh, living here. And I was working at a barista job and reading about Joseph Campbell was absolutely inspiring in terms of like how stories and the monomyth goes across all literature from the Bible to the Quran to the Tao Te Ching, everything. And these stories are not typically stories about like redemption. They're more stories about returning with the lessons that you've learned and becoming a better person and becoming a bigger person, more whole person, if you will. And that's the type of story that I'm into. And I, funny enough, speaking of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, I watched uh, Pineapple Express for the 3000th millionth time. And I realized that Dale Denton and Saul both have a hero's journey in that fucking movie. And I didn't realize that until I watched it again. I'm like, oh shit. They both, they both were not friends at all. They're just, you know, a a guy who was buying weed from another dude. And by the end of it, they turn out they're the best of all friends and they need each other in the end, you know? And it's a, it's a buddy comedy for sure, but it's in, it's absurd, but there's, realistic values in it i mean it's a pop movie you know you can also say that with half-baked but there's you know it's still there's still some sort of message with it yeah and it's not like you know movie like freddy got fingered where it's just randomness and fucking absurdity and there's nothing going yeah exactly no man dude nothing going on you know and uh yeah, those are the stories I'm driven to, especially TV shows. I'm a huge fan of Dan Harmon. S- yeah. Same thing. He's all about the hero's journey, the story circle, you know? And uh, Rick and Morty, same thing. 
So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely truly think that like it's, it, it takes a lot to find someone to can work on the same pace the other person can. And you guys both meeting at the same time every week, even though even, and it doesn't matter what your guys' moods are in that, that day, you guys have to get writing done that day. Right. You know, one of you can be upset. doesn't matter. You, you've got work to do, you know, and for you guys to treat it like work, it's, that's awesome for me, like doing it by myself. There's days where I'm just grumpy and I'm upset, you know, and I'm just like, I can't fucking write. There's no way I'm not going to do it. So I just, you know, sit in front of my TV playing Warzone, <laughs> you know? And I, think, I think sometimes for us, like, you know, not only are we like writing partners, but we're really, really good friends as well. So a lot of times yes. the writing, the meetup to write also becomes like a discipline and exercise and friendship for us. And it's a chance for us to meet up and talk about what's going on in our lives. And sometimes it's 20 minutes of writing and like 40 minutes of us just talking about shit, right? Like trying to process right going on in our lives but in the end like that bleeds through to our writing as yeah well. and it helps yeah. our friendship and it helps our writing because we do get stressed out writing with each other at times like it would be nice mm -hmm. if our lives were perfect but we got our own shit going on and sometimes it just helps the writing if it's like look dude i need to talk about this shit right now and it's just being that transparent with each other about our lives helps remind us that this is not like that's awesome purely professional relationship like we're mm. friends and it makes it easier mm -hmm. to deal with someone's shit and be fr and not be frustrated when you i'm not even transparent with my sister that's pretty that's pretty yeah. good you guys have well, that you know i know what he's going through right i'm not gonna hold so much against him right like we're just having a day that's shitty writing and he's like well i'm going through this and it's like oh that's right he's a fucking human being like he has problems right. not every day is going to be super productive and it just helps keep the friendship going yeah. which helps keep and we have to be professional. And I think for me, like a huge part of the writing process was taking the class and finding someone like Peyton who could give us like 100% honest feedback. And we were taught how to properly give feedback. So we send the script to so many people, as I'm sure you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's really good. And I'm like, cool, what makes it good? What didn't you like? What didn't uh, work? I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> it just, it, everything was funny, you know? And then I sent it to Peyton and it's like, look, this was good. This was good. This was good. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't, this doesn't work. Um, and like meeting someone like Peyton and being in a class where, yes, I was taught how to write, but for me, teaching how to critique ourselves and other people yeah. was one of the most beneficial parts. And I'm mm -hmm. sure it's the same way for Peyton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Peyton, do you want to, do you want to add anything to that? Well, I think it's just really important because when you are creating, um, you are, there's a part of yourself that's like, okay, <laughs> you know, like you're bearing your soul when you're showing your work. Um, but it's good to like train yourself how to hear criticism in a proper way, but also how to give criticism in a way that's not like, this sucks and like makes people feel like disheartened. What is the proper way to give criticism <laughs> in your opinion? How, how would you, Peyton, if I, if, if you got me to read something and you, you needed my like two whole cents, what would you expect for criticism? Um, in your opinion that we learned, um, basically you let the other person speak and you don't say anything and you, you can't, argue why it is the way that it is or whatever you just have to listen to it 
and process it. And then when it is your turn to speak, you can only answer in question form. So like if there is, um, you know, a, a beat that's not working, you would say, what, what would make this beat work in your opinion? And right. that would give you some feedback about what they would think. Um, and so it just creates more of like a collaborative process versus like, this sucks, cut it. Yeah, it's more hostile. Yeah. Instead, you're, you're, you're not, not necessarily creating a solution to the problem, but you're following advice with the criticism. So it's just like, yeah, it's linear. The other way that we learned is like you, you talk about all of the things you like first so that people are like, okay, cool. It doesn't completely bomb, you know, unless you're Bennett. Um, and then you follow it up with, um, you know, what didn't work and why didn't it work? Mm. Um, so I think it's very important identifying the why too, because you can just tell someone it doesn't work, but why does it not why? work? Why? Yeah. How could it work? You know, when it I makes know, sense. I know. Go ahead. Me, oh, sorry. For me, like one of the biggest pieces when it came to, uh, criticism was like, what happens is that I know everything about these characters, right? I know everything about the plot. I've been with these, we've been with these characters for like two years in my brain, but that doesn't mean that that's what you see on the page. And so what happens is when you're critiquing me and I just want to talk and explain, all it fills in the holes for you, but I'm expecting to show this to people who have never been with the characters, who have, don't know anything about them, that don't know their backstories, and it's like, it's good if it makes sense in my head, but does it make sense on the page without you needing an explanation? The other thing for me is, um, you know, my dad was like a upper management at Ford for like 20 years. And one of the things he would always tell me, he would tell the guys under him is, hey, don't bring me problems. I got enough problems. Bring me solutions. That's and right. So that's one of the things when you write, it's like when we, the exercise is our screenwriting teacher called is a two-way mirror, right? You're behind a mirror. You're not allowed to respond. What happens is as the rest of us start to have this discussion, what happens is it goes from, oh, this doesn't work. Well, what do you think about if they did this? What do you think about this? This would make more sense, right? Like, what about if we change this? And from that, it's easier to take criticism when the person is helping provide you solutions as well. No one just wants to hear problems. You want to help people solve their problems. And for me, like when I'm behind the two-way mirror, all I want to do is talk and talk and respond and justify. But what ends up happening when I don't get to do that is ideas start to come to me. And I'm like, oh, well, we could do this, right? We could do this. We, and it just, it helps. At first, it's, it's super frustrating and it kills your ego that you're like, it's perfect. And everyone's tearing it to shreds. But afterwards, you're like, man, all this stuff they're talking about would be way better it would make way more right. sense or yeah we do need to add this exposition in because in our heads we know where they live we know what the rules are of the this universe but no one else does and so we and need I, to make sure we show this and i think that's the problem when it comes to criticism because you're welcoming that person to your world essentially right mm -hmm. so you 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 built this and like you said, Bennett, you know the characters, you know, you know the beats, you know, you know how this is supposed to go. So you have to respect it. You have to respect the script and you have to respect criticism because it is a little daunting because I definitely gotten, and that's why I've been really shy when it comes to criticism because I've definitely offered scripts who, to people who are not even part of the film industry. So 
one, why did I waste my time? I don't know. Two, um, it's, it was one of those things where I was in a desperate need of validation. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed someone to just say like, hey, no, you're in the right track. This is good. This is good. This is good. But then I, I you know, show it to my dickhead friends and they're like, fuck is this? Like, what? Are, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to, I don't know what you're trying to do here. And I'm like, okay, well, remind me never to ask anything from you ever fucking get. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I have to take everything with a grain of salt, but I don't have to waste my time with a, with somebody who, who, who's not as passionate with filmmaking as I am or passionate with film in general as I am. You don't even have to be part of the industry. Do you like movies? Do you like a story? Well, do you, you do you enjoy stories? You know, then there, it, that could that could be a, a beneficial thing. But yeah, if, if someone's not part of the film industry, and you know, or at least a writer, you, you don't waste your time. You know, and and that's that's the other that's kind of one part of it. But I know there's plenty of people who take it to other people who are not writers and there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's just, I've been burned so many times where I'm like, you know what? Fuck my friends and, and, and fuck those people. I'm not even going to talk to them anymore. You know, I would say for me, it's like a delicate balance because luckily I have people like Peyton and Charlie and even Marshall and David who are in our class with us who will like read and they've been taught how to critique. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, look, even if they don't like it and they think it's a piece of shit, like they'll (laughs) say why. Right. Right. This sucks. It's like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This logic doesn't make sense. This decision by this character has no validity in their psychology whatsoever. Um, But I also will send it to people like my mom or my sister or my brother. And what I have to remember for me is that like my show is not geared towards writers. Right. My show is geared towards people that watch cable. Right. And it's like, right. cool. Yeah. I can make, you know, like a Darren Aronofsky film. Right. I can make like the lighthouse. Crazy imagery. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I can make the lighthouse, but I also want to make a show that is going to educate people and show them a world that they may not have seen, which means that I need people's opinions who are not in the art house world or not in the writing world. And even if all my mom says is like, it's good. I loved it. I, for me, it's always like, well, what did you like about it? What did you love about it? What stuck out to you? What moment was more powerful than the other? And so for me, I don't know if it's if I grew up playing sports my whole life and I'm used to being yelled at and like berated by coaches. Um, but to me, it's, it's part of the process because, yeah, there is a grain of salt where like someone you're like, look, you're an asshole. Your opinion means nothing and you're not even willing to tell me why you just want to hate. Um, but even some people I've sent it to and they're like, I wasn't a huge fan. For me, it's why. What didn't work for you? What did you hate? Because um, I want to remember that I'm writing for a normal person. So I think one of the early ones we wrote, it's like we acted like we were writing towards other drug addicts in recovery who knew the rules of sober living and right. what 12-step meetings were like and how hard it was to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And then we realized, like, that's not our audience. Audience is everyday people, and we have a story we want to tell. And we want to make sure they, un- they understand the story we're, we're telling. And that's all it is. It's just about understanding it. Yeah. And, you know, you can, you can have a, a, a great, you know, Brian Singer film, you know, like usual suspects like type of film, you're going to confuse your audience. You know, there's so much shit going on. 
you know, I guess a better example is like Tarantino, you know, starting from like a middle of the fucking story and then you, they, he just carries on from there. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's beauty in simplicity. You know, there's beauty in just telling a regular story, but I don't know, halfway there is not a regular story, you know, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, for me, I, I read it, it's a story about love. <laughs> I, I did. That's how I read it. And, and it's, it's almost like both you guys are like uh, the, the two main characters in the, uh, in, in the pilot, uh, like both have like really hostile <laughs> attitudes and they sort of like come full circle and find each other, you know, and there's, there's something pure and something special about that, you know, like, and in this day and age, we're just very, very, very close to canceling anyone and everyone, you know? So it's nice to just have something that is like pure and honest and real, you know, and something that is something, something that people can take away from it, you know, and understand that, you know, maybe some of your friends who are suffering through drugs are actually fucking hurting and it truly sucks for them, you know, and some people just won't get that. And I think uh, the pilot emulates that perfectly. And I think you gentlemen did a fantastic job. So yeah, of course. Being authentic is is one of the biggest principles Mm -hmm. that I try to go by. Yeah. And and that means being honest. Yeah. That means, you know, that it, sometimes characters won't have a come to moment yeah. and you know, bad things happen and life is hard and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like having that balance, but I never, you know, I just, I definitely appreciate just authenticity over like maybe like always resolution, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, um, that's what life seems like yeah. a lot of the time. And it's, know. it's funny about the criticism because the first script we wrote, um, you can definitely still hear that. <laughs> the, the first script we wrote, uh, we sent to one of my old roommates, uh, sisters who's been in the entertainment industry and she's like a prop designer in Atlanta and all this stuff. She was like, this uh, is not dope. Good. Yes. Yeah, she's like, this is not good. Like she was like, <laughs> she was like, too many and she was nice but she was like look there's too many subjects you're tackling the characters don't feel real she's like you guys need to be more too, authentic weird, too cartoony yeah she's like you guys need to write cartoony. closer to what you guys know yeah. and then the, and it was a real big relief absolutely because it then it allowed me to just connect more mm-hmm. with it on a genuine level and just think and observe like my my own yeah. life what we're around all the time. And then even yeah. then we brought in, so we wrote a different script for halfway there. And then we brought in the beat sheet into the writing class. And everyone's like, this is not like, you guys need to take a bigger risk. You guys need to even paint was like, you guys need to be darker. You guys need to like take a bigger risk with the story. Cause we didn't want to make it too dark. We weren't sure if we want to dive into certain subjects immediately. So you disregarded the beat sheet or you, no, we brought it in for. Oh, you brought it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the teacher, Peyton, the other guys in our class were like, "You guys need to go darker. Like, there's a better story here." And so we went and we wrote another beat sheet and another script. Well, after already. If I remember correctly, there wasn't a proper crisis, like hell moment. There was kind yeah. of one, but it, it's not the big hospital scene that you end up 
Yeah, right. We didn't know if we yeah. wanted to go that dark originally. And it yeah. was like with people who were willing to be <laughs> honest with us, pushing us and telling us like, look, go there, like go yeah. there, go there. This is not, you're not letting the character go deep enough. And so then we wrote another script. And even the one now we've been through like 10 revisions of just cutting stuff up and changing. So if it wasn't for that criticism, um, I don't know where we would be right now. Well, I, I think know. the thing about your show in particular is like, in a lot of ways, the show it reminds me the most of is like Shameless because it is so yes. Serious, but there are some like really hard truths and deep emotional moments. And I think that now that you guys have added that and started coloring that in more, it just makes it so relatable because anyone in that world or who knows someone in recovery can empathize with that kind of, you know, right. crazy. That's, that's what I wanted to explore was I didn't want to just explore the drug addict perspective. I wanted to explore everything around it, everything around it, but any human being. And, you know, they, they don't have to be drug addicts to have giant wounds of trauma mm -hmm. or like psychological, like everyone's psyches are, um, you know, different and we all have our struggles. So it's, you know, it's, it's like, yes, that's the universe we're kind of in, but we're going to be running into like, not just addicts all the yeah. time. Like we want to explore, like, so everyone can relate to, mm -hmm. cause it's just human nature shit really like you know the taxi driver who is my favorite character oh the cab driver. driver yes the cab driver is hilarious yeah yeah i know charlie's like a big you know like Jungian psychologist and you know in the Jungian psychology and even when i was reading like uh, akira kurosawa right wrote like an autobiography yes oh man bennett you and i can do a whole podcast <laughs> on kira kurosawa let me tell you something <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. Go ahead. Sorry. In autobiography, right? He talks about, he's like, if I'm going to give anyone any advice on writing, it's study psychology, read psychology texts. And so that's what I think makes our story universal is like, yes, the surface thing is drug addiction and sobriety. When you remove someone's main coping mechanism, which is what drugs and alcohol tend to be. So what are you left with? You're left with all the insanity, right? And if so many people can relate to that, we're, whatever your wounds are, you're trying to overcome those wounds are universal. Drug addiction is just a way that we cover all that stuff. Yeah. But you know, we didn't want to explore a show about drug addiction because mm. there's a lot of those out there. Mm -hmm. We want to show, explore a show about recovery and what happens when you take people's main way of dealing with their shadows and their trauma and their grief and all that stuff mm. without the thing that helps them deal with it now. And you yeah. really get, Mass insanity is what comes along with it. Hopefully progressing to peace and understanding and confidence, but that is like 10% of the time in the most case. And it's a lot of yeah. steps, five steps forward, yeah, three ten, steps back mm -hmm. or whatever. What I think is really amazing um, is that each character has their like sub addictions. So obviously they're yeah. trying to heal through, you know, drug or alcohol addiction. But then there are like characters who are addicted to working out or addicted to vaping or addicted to... Oh, the um, bros. I love the bros in the uh, script too. Yeah, expensive cars or like, like everyone manifests their addiction in a less harmful way, but it still shows up for each individual character, which is, mm -hmm. it, it's really interesting. 
thank you. It is interesting, and I, I I enjoyed the script a lot. Also, um, you were yeah, you were talking about Kira Kurosawa and and the psycho like the psychosis of 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 you know writing and and developing characters and and story and whatnot. Um, I I recently watched. Uh, I recently watched um, a Jim Jarmusch film. It was, uh, I think it was um, Day on Earth or Night on Earth. I'm sorry, Night on Earth. Oh, the new one with Adam Driver and Bill Murray? No, um, that's uh, Dead Don't Die or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this was in the 90s. And this is an anthology film, sort of like Dreams uh, by Kira Kurosawa, if you've ever seen Dreams. Uh, it's, uh, but it's about, like, it all takes place in a car around the world. So it's just like two people in a car driving like in Moscow. And then the next segment is two people driving in a car through Tokyo and then two people driving a car through New York and then another two people driving through San Francisco. And uh, each and every one of those stories, one of them I think was drug addiction, but I not, not in the term of recovery, but in the term of acknowledging there's an addiction but doing nothing with it. And just like this character just falls into this dark abyss saying like, there's no way for me out of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you're, you're essentially taking me to hell, you know, which is a very, very dark, dark process to, to imagine, but almost too real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've definitely, and especially the scene in halfway there, uh, where, uh, um, uh, you were at the party, the character at the party uh, going through its relapse. I've seen that happen before. I've been to a party where, where that happened and it's, it's never, it's never a good sight. And I feel like that scene was, was most impactful. And of course, like the scene after, you know, in the hospital, probably my favorite scene of the entire script. Um, that was that was impactful. Like I, I don't know if that was you, Charlie, who wrote that dialogue, but that was fucking yeah. awesome. That was it was great. You spent a long time it on took, that dialogue. Took me uh, a took, lot of polishing on it. Yeah, yeah it took me. Of, I even I even I mean I, I'm sorry. I even showed like that scene to my mom. Just that scene to my mom, and my mom was like like almost crying. It was it was it was great. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. it was it's a good scene. Yeah, Charlie spent a long time writing that. Um, you know, like I, I like to write dialogue, but I know I'm not as good at it as Charlie is. Like a lot of times when I write, like for me, when it comes to writing, it's like I just need to sit down. Like once I'm in front of the computer and I'm going, like I'm good. But I understand when I write, a lot of times, like my writing is a placeholder for when either Charlie gets to it or we get to it together. Um, because Charlie, can you elaborate? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, Charlie is, Charlie has a way with words. Like he used to write poetry. He wrote music. Like, right. You know, my dad is an engineer and my mom has a psych degree. I didn't play music. I played sports. I didn't do any art. So I'm not a wordsmith like Charlie is. So a lot of times when I write, it's like, I'm like telling him like, look, I'm just going to get dialogue out. So mm-hmm. then a general direction of this conversation, almost like I'm on like a curb your enthusiasm yeah. type set. Right. Let me yeah. get this dialogue out. Let me get the direction of the conversation out. And then either you can take a hold of it, right, yourself and start to take the general ideas we have for this dialogue and, you know, write, reform the dialogue, or we'll get together and we'll go through every single line. 
I see. So you know, you know where to go, Bennett. It's just you. You just I'm need big, to get there. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm more. I'm the big picture. He's like, big yeah, picture, he's more anal. Like he's good at structure, being analytical. And then for me, it's like I have to go to the get the solid. That deep, deep philosophy. <laughs> go, off, go, off to, go off to the places and like you know, really spend time just with my imagination and and mm. and like just going there so yeah i mean i remember writing for that hospital scene i mean that took me like at least two and a half hours one night and i think i went back the next night and edited it again really yeah that was easily like what three pages of yeah um two and a half two okay a lot of it when it got to you it had been cut down significantly okay gotcha that's one of the things is like we write a lot as well yeah. Payton knows the same thing. Payton's very well aware. Sometimes it takes me an entire day to write it. Well, I mean, I'm writing an action movie. So I'm writing an action feature. So I'm, I'm drawing storyboards and stuff. So the process is a little bit longer, but that's crazy though. Two and a half hours and you got that entire scene already like well, and that, scribed. That's just one of those moments when I was in the zone and it was yeah. like I was in that other realm of like, you know, you can call it the unconscious or, or the other whatever. The sunken place. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the sunken sun, <laughs> when, when I get those moments, like, you know, that's that's when I think the best stuff comes. And that's why I, you know, sometimes me and Bennett will, yeah, he'll, like, write some out, and then I'll, I'll like, you know, read it, sit on it, and then I'll go back and edit it or rewrite it or whatever. So it's like it. But, like, it's helpful because Bennett is, like, organized and, like, you know, like, we need to get this, this, and this done. So I'm not just always, like, in fantasy land, basically, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, you know like, I mean? we'll write something together. And, yeah. like, we'll write, like, two pages. And then yeah. I'll come over two days later and we'll open it up. And there's, like, changes. Luckily, yeah. like, the writing software we use, I can see what's been changed. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, dude, this is dialogue. Right completely different he's like oh yeah i got in it the other night spent like three hours changing (laughs) sometimes it'll be like something as simple as i was in another place man (laughs) yeah sometimes i'll just leave i'll literally tell him and like highlight something be like look this joke is a placeholder like Uh this line of dialogue like i need you to go in Mm -hmm. and polish it up because i'm not i don't have a way with words like i don't i don't know there's something like i watch sports in my free time. I'm like a douche bro jock. Charlie <laughs> and philosophy and writes music and plays guitar. So it's like, I can do scene descriptions. I can get out a plot. I can get out a nutshell. Like mm-hmm. I can build a story. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like, look, we need this scene to hit. We need it to have emotion. We need the dialogue to not just be your standard. Well, come back, Jack. No, I don't want to. Like when we right. don't want that, standard it's like i need him to do it because my mind just doesn't i mean it's getting better the more i write yeah Yeah, i mean the dialogue the dialogue sort of reminds me of aaron sorkin in a way like uh like especially with like the newsroom i don't know if you guys seen the newsroom yeah but um what was it specifically i want to say I think it was during 2012, the re-election, there was one episode where uh, 
everybody was like uh like everybody was like spreading rumors about one another and the me too movement was just like skyrocketing and uh in the show it was like talking about that and it was also talking about like you you understand that these powerful men are all going to be taken down one by one and aaron sorkin was the guy to point that out because literally two months after that episode aired harvey weinstein was prosecuted like that is you know i mean i don't believe in coincidences but I do believe in ramifications of work and the ramification of that work echoed and it, it, it pulsed through the entire film industry and Aaron Sorkin is just known to do that. You know, yeah. um, yeah. Any of those filmmakers just uh, are always going to be those hard hitting people, especially when it comes to dialogue, like you have to have the dialogue locked in tight, like Steven Soderbergh, like you can have it beautiful in your imagery, but as long as you can maintain the point of the scene and what they're talking about and still address the emotion that comes with the scene that like the work is already done for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. good job, Charlie. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I think, Good I think, job guys. Both of you. <laughs> One of the things that helps for me is like knowing that like, we're about to cut the shit out of everything we wrote as well. Like, you know, like our goal when I think our, since we wrote like the first draft of our script is probably nine pages shorter. Now it's just like cut here. Does this dialogue line really well, make, does it, really it need really it? Need like, it. cool. It sounds beautiful yeah. and it's well worded, but are we just saying the same thing that he said two lines ago? Like, does it need, and I, I don't know if I fully right. always subscribe to the idea of getting in and out as quick as you can. Because like that hospital scene yeah. is way shorter, but it's like it's a big moment. I want to draw it out, but I also understand the idea of like, no, people don't want to watch a normal conversation. Normal yeah, I mean every frame counts. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's one of Sorkin's things, right? He's like, I don't write like a normal conversation because no, don't, you ever watch a normal conversation when you're like eating lunch between two people? Mm -hmm. It's like mind numbing. Truly, you to watch a normal conversation. Did you just see it so and so's Instagram? Yeah, yeah. There's so many pauses and so many people looking at random stuff. You're like, I want to watch something that's different than what I experience every single right. day. And so, I don't know if Peyton has a different opinion on her writing process or how. Yeah, what's your two cents, Peyton? This looks to on the outside, if it's just like a mass insanity of two guys going crazy and thinking they have it all together, or what is actually going no, on? No, I mean, I think that. Um, Clearly delusions of grandeur. So this way. I thought I was obsessive until I met you guys. And then I was like, well, I got <laughs> you know, um, no, I mean, I think sometimes, and Bennett, you know, this sometimes you're thorough to a fault and it's like, we just got to shape. Like we just got to let it, you know, lie but i don't think that's a bad thing because it's like you have to know where you're going you have to know what the story is so was that the yeah. same process with sister that you had writing it so i wrote it i wrote it i was asking peyton the question and then i took it and i threw it down on his desk and i said help me <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And he just came up with so many incredible ideas. And at that time, Charlie wasn't able to be with us. Um, and we were. He both unfortunately <laughs> passed away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, mentally. Uh, <laughs> and so Bennett just kind of had to um, step into Charlie's shoes. And the dialogue he wrote was awesome. I mean, it was just poignant and cutthroat and beautiful. The funny so, thing, though, then, is that I think our best dialogue scene is the scene that Char the one scene that Charlie wrote. Yeah, this is exactly. the first scene we filmed on the porch with like what happens if it repeats itself over and over again. Like, oh, the first, like that's yeah. the one scene Charlie wrote, and I'm like, it's yeah. Charlie wrote that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, it's probably the best piece of dialogue we have, and it's the one. It was actually a good scene. scene. <laughs> yeah, that was a good scene. The one scene that Charlie wrote. Unfortunately, I was so sleep-deprived um, going through an insomnia phase. You and Bennett both look like you were on a different planet. What Charlie dude. was yeah. leading up to it was, yeah. like, Peyton and I, when we wrote the script, we stayed up to, like, 2 a.m., like, two days in a row. And then, like, once it started shooting, we kind of fell into, like, Charlie was in it for, like, weeks mm -hmm. yeah. leading up to yeah. it. Yeah. Outer limits. Uh, we were yeah. like, Charlie, you don't have to come to set. And he still showed up to set, dude. Charlie, yeah. you're MVP, dude. I mean, goddamn. I agreed to like right in the middle of it to do this other sh like little short yeah. film. <laughs> right. With these uh, really cool college kids that I had never really met before. And it was like this Sunday that it was the second night of you, you yeah. and Peyton writing. So I was going to come, but I was there for like 10 hours. I was sleep deprived. No one knew me really there. I just had my vape and we were in this little apartment and I was just freaking, like, freaking out the whole time. Cause I was like, I, I don't know why I said yes to this. I'm not an actor. And then I'm like, why did What's this guy look like Rasputin with a vape? What is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I couldn't be there for the second writing session, but I remember a little bit before that we like ironed out yeah, the, the story, the story. And the story and stuff. But yeah. Well, not only that, he had to act in Sister, right? And like through all yeah. of the insanity that I was going through, I was like, at least I don't have to step in front of the camera. Yeah. I, yeah. Fucking bastard! Because I was being nice. I'd be like Bennett. I'm so, and he's like, dude, it's not a big deal. I'm like, fuck you, Bennett. Yeah, I'm trying to and help. Then, him I know, but losing then, his mind. But then, uh, but then I'd be hang like, you know, listening to like uh, Peyton, Peyton's friends talking about the Chekhov acting, <laughs> and, you know, and these inner uh, Jungian archetypes, and I was like, what oh god, no, Adam, god. I don't know if I told you this, but on the day of my shoot, um. Like I went out, I went and parked on a road around that property and I was just going up to trees and choking them <laughs> and like yelling, yelling <laughs> for, like, for like two hours because I didn't know how to get into character. <laughs> I'm this crazy alcoholic guy who, you know, has to choke Peyton. Yeah. And, like, which I was in which front I was, of her family. Yeah, which I was in terrified about because also I've no had no experience with like what are you acting? Act, act, well, acting. Well, in the called. action part. Like oh that. yeah, choreography. choreography yeah. yeah. Thank God for Polly because she is very helpful. Thank God. Yeah. For her. yeah. Um, yeah. Paula. Paula was was rad. She she went through the whole stunt with you guys, right? Yeah. She was. Well, yeah. 
so so Charlie comes up to me after we had finished filming. I think it was Friday night. Might have been sad. I don't know. And he was like, I think maybe we should work on our stuff. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And we go into this room and Paula like follows us and we're like, what are you, what? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. We, are you okay? Like, what's yeah. That? And she goes, well, you know, I'm like a certified, you know, stunt person, like a stunt actor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I no. didn't even know that. I went back to yeah. set and you told me, Peyton, you were like, did you know Paula knows stunts? And I'm like, yeah. what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. She yeah. does? choreographed the whole thing for us. I mean, she yeah, was she was a lifesaver. I mean, I mean, yeah, I was so terrified because, yeah, we hadn't had a chance to practice. So, um, yeah, she helped us out tremendously. It was it was awesome. I mean, Charlie, you, 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 you fit the role of a lifetime of a angry alcoholic. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) absolutely crazed, angry alcoholic beating. I'm kidding, but you did really well though. It was really good. It was, it was really good, especially with how stressed we all were that day. I think that was still like, that was still a really good shoot. Like that was a really good scene. It was very, very good. Peyton yeah. too, but I mean, Peyton's just fucking, she's a professional at her job. She's always great at what she does, yeah. especially when it comes to acting. Truth has been, of course. <laughs> Dude, so when I was, when I was like doing the sinking, right. And like, the yeah. editing, I found that very first take that we did on the first night where Charlie and I had no idea how to call the scene. Kate neglected to inform us of how you properly call something. And then Christine, the co host of Get Realism's podcast, stepped in and helped you out. (laughs) After, like, the third time. The third time! We had no idea what was going on. You're like, okay, ready and go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in this that audio, it's like bringing, because I was on the verge right then, it was either like, I'm going to do this, or I'm just going to leave right now. Like, either. (laughs) Don't, man, dude. I'm so glad you didn't leave. Like, I should either die, or at least I'll break my legs, and I can crawl through the horse shit, like, and out of here. At the end of the night, too, Christine is like, hey, you should really read my book, like, right now. And I was like, whatever. And then then I bought her book at the end of it, and I was like, oh, man, this would have been so helpful if I would have, like, taken the time to read it yeah but christine was a huge she, like, was she so saved helpful. as much as i hated her for yeah. doing her job yeah i hated her because she was doing Listen. her job you know I yeah like, i respect you yeah because you're shoving this camera in my face and you're getting an unbiased look at the behind the scenes <laughs> you, know what? Fuck you at the same time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh yeah truly yeah out of my face. You can absolutely, yeah, I was going to say, you can absolutely say that. Like, she shoves a camera in my face all the time, yeah. and I'm just like... I respect what you're doing she, your job. She yeah, yeah, yeah. Mysterious, because I was so kind of <laughs> awkward and weird on set, because I was just so sleep-deprived. And Wait, what? No, you weren't awkward or weird. Uh, oh, well, one time I went up to Christina, I was like, hey, I'm pretty emotionally unstable, and then I just walked off. <laughs> 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 and, like, and I, I did it, but it was like, I think oh. I was like, I don't let you, like, yeah. you know, chill. Yeah. 
she was, was she was very helpful though mm. very helpful yeah no she she is she is but i i've definitely like i i've i've had my moments with with christine where i'm just like i'm literally standing like right in front of her and she's just shoving a camera in my face she's like so you fucked up tell us what happened and i'm just like <laughs> yeah, it was amazing i respect it because she's doing what she was hired to do i i, I love it too and i'm like Chris, yeah, and I'm like, Christine, you don't know how much I love you because if I didn't love you, I would walk away right now. Like, I would just walk away. But I'm going to continue this interview with you. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, a, it, was a, it was an amazing experience, like, shooting. It was the moment where I realized, like, this is what I want to do with my life. It's insane. Like, I got home, and I literally just turned on my shower, and then I just sat outside the bathroom for an hour with the shower running. Yeah. Until my roommate came home and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was yeah. Like, I don't know where I am. There was and then you have uh, Mad World playing in the speakers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I just had like there was one point where I was just sitting in the sun, and Charlie told asked me if I want to get out, and I said, "No, I'm good," but I don't really remember doing that. Um, but like even through all that insanity, I was like, "This is what I'm going to do." Um, but it's just it's still like amazing as. Hey, and I'm glad you still love it, especially after the shitstorm, man. You know, and you know, I mean, to me, it wasn't a shitstorm, but to so many people, of course, like any film set could be a shitstorm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I think for me, it's like in the end, it's like it's a shitstorm for me, and that's what made it so amazing. You know, like that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it exciting. Yes. Um, and that's even how we learned. So yeah, much. absolutely. And even with the editing, like I still get frustrated at times because you know it's like I want this angle, I want this. The audio isn't perfect here. All the shit you read about is completely normal. Um, but like, it's so crazy to see, like you know, to still to this day, like see something you created, like on a screen, and knowing that, like I didn't realize how out of normal, like what we did was until like I texted my aunt who works in the industry and told us like how much we shot and how much time with how many people. And she was like, Holy shit. Really? And I was like, yeah. She was like, that's insane. And for me, it was just like, yeah, it's just what we did. Like we, we right. got done what we, yeah. like, you know, us as the produce production staff essentially paying Charlie and I, like we got done. What we need to get done. That's just what it is to me. Mm -hmm. We had something you need to get done. So you get it done. But I'm hoping eventually to get the experience where it's not, that sleep deprived insane no i mean i even learned valuable mistakes too especially fucking up in the art department you know and uh, even even the minor fuck-ups that i made in the art department i've realized that is some some of it's out of my control but also some of it is uh is yeah you made the mistake oh well so be it you're you're the next set is going to be even that much better you right. know, because every single set, even my first set as a PA, fucked up majorly. Like, Christine could have easily, like, said, go home. I don't even know why you're here. And she didn't. She was like, hey, man, like, I know you're just learning. I know you're just trying to understand it. But, you know, this is how it goes. And she's super respectful, super honest. And, um yeah yeah and even kelly too like kelly was the one who showed me everything about art department and made me fall in love with art department and uh and i've grown to respect cinema even more and now when i watch movies i have that much more respect even if it's a shitty movie even if i just watch a tommy wise the room like if i just watch that i'm like 
Making movies is hard, man. Yeah, they made a movie. Yeah, they made a movie. Yeah. They made a movie. Yeah. Like, that's the most yeah. part is like, even if, you know, like, even if something I do gets, like, destroyed by people, it's, like, I still made something. And that's something. You still made it. Whenever my dad would make, like, you know, weird investment opportunities when I was a kid, like, one of the things he would talk about is, like, in the end, I meet so many people that talk about doing stuff. And there's very few that actually do it. So if it's someone that's doing something, I'm willing to take a risk because I know for every one person that does something, I know a thousand that talk about doing it. Yeah. And that's like in the end to me, it's like, however this short film turns out, it's like, you know, with Peyton's push for us, like, yeah, we all, we did something. It doesn't matter whether it's great. I hope it's great, but either way, it's like, we spent, we spent so long with so many people just talking about filming stuff. Like, that's why I bought the camera for the Solstice videos where we work. I was like, I'm tired of just talking about doing shit. Let's buy a camera. If it sucks, it sucks. But at least we did something. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. would have thought that three and a half years ago where I bought a shitty camcorder to record a, com- a video for Solstice that took me an hour and a half to edit three cuts in it. Um, right. Movie, that I would be working on editing a 20-minute short film on Premiere Pro you know, that we had shot and filmed and all this stuff. So it's, yeah, it's insane to me still. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And being in the film industry is even more wild, you know, like working in, in seeing where the sausage is made is, is, is you get little, you see, you find a, a lot more respect in the industry, but you also respect how, fucking hard it is and how time consuming it is and how apparent it is to have a pre-production, how apparent it is to have X, Y, and Z, you know, so many things. And, um, uh, we are almost, uh, near an, an hour and a half. So we could, uh, take this bad boy down for a landing, but, um, I do want to ask now that we're, uh, in the subject of creativity and writing, um, are you guys are you guys writing anything new, anything more uh, other than halfway there? Or are you just really focused on halfway there and just um, trying to see where well, y'all can get with it? Yeah, well, so at the beginning of the you know the old pandemic thing, um, I went out to Wimberley and I was out there for six weeks with my girlfriend and her mom and little brother, and so Bennett and I would have phone sessions like two to three times a week. And I think we wrote um, one short film mm. and then we worked on a beat sheet and mm. for another one. And then once I came back to Austin from Wimberley, then Ben, it was really the only person I'd hang out with other than the work stuff I'd have to do. So we just started, um, the well we've yeah. been also working on the series document for halfway there that's what we were asked to right. provide by some provide. people was like get yeah. a series document together with the summary of your episodes and your characters right and like a right five to, that's we've been that, working that, on way harder yeah. than you think it is to plot out nine episodes a season well right? yeah you have to write an entire arc yeah dude right it's exactly. uh yeah. it's crazy We've been working on that and we have a real, we finally put a date on like when we really want that to be done. Yeah. And, uh, and which makes me feel better because yeah. I really wanted that kind of date. So you guys feel better with deadlines. Like you guys feel like you can, you can be a little more productive when there's a deadline slapped to it. I, I think so. But also what we found out during this quarantine too, is like, we've been do, doing these little like 
we're working on a web series thing and like it literally was like me and Bennett bored at my house and we had the camera and we just, you know, I wrote, you know, I had, I, I had an idea and I wrote a couple pages of dialogue and uh, then we just filmed it. It's literally um, us, a microphone stand and like a yeah. camera, our tripod sucks. So we put the camera on a table, table on propped a table. up by books yeah, and we're just like filled in. Like it's just literally yeah. nothing. Him and I. It's like him. that uh, David Lynch. What did Jack do? Like when he talked to a monkey, you know? It's and just like it's just that. It's just a conversation. Yeah, and it's like, and we get a lot of um, energy from filming and like doing that part of it. So now where we're at is, is we're like we have to do both. Like we can't just like focus on writing completely for like a month or we'll get a bit frustrated or bored because that like filming something just gives us like you see your creation like come to life you know there's like a product and And we'll get like burnt out on writing we'll be like look we just need to film something we'll film it we'll edit it and Uh seeing like something that we created like in front of us and sending it to people who like enjoy it it's like okay now we have the motivation to like keep slaving away staring at a computer screen and not like I mean, you don't get your hands really that dirty writing, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you get to film, no, yeah. around, and so it's like, I yeah. want to get my hands dirty as well. Even if it's filming some shit on a cell phone, it's like at least I'm yeah. creating and like adding other yeah. parts. So then making sure we do both has helped a lot. Cause we started to yeah. get burned out on writing at like the start of quarantine. Yeah. Burned out on and thinking about the docuseries mm. and kind of getting... Oh, yeah, so nine episodes. Can you outline all, all of them? And I'm like, dude, yeah. I barely thought nine. That. Yeah, a nine episode arc is already you hard know, enough. Focused on the pilot for so long, yeah. so it was just like, oh shit. <laughs> right, and that's between two people. Which, by the way, usually, like, let's take Breaking Bad for an example, with a staff writing of seven fucking people, dude. Right. You know, like, <laughs> and, yeah. One, someone we know sent us like a series doc for like Succession. And, like, we looked at it, and Charlie was like, look, it's completely different than the show. Mm-hmm. So, like, what we understood is, like, look. I bet. We just need to prove that we can, like, think that we have a plan for these characters. But us being what we're all, we're like, dude, these are our characters. We're going to write, like, a nine-episode arc. Like, right. And where we did, we've gotten three done. And we kind of know the main situation for the rest of the episodes, like, where, where we're going to put the characters in an environment and we'll, you know, we, we know the last episode. We know where we want them to be at the end of the season. We know what demons we want them confronting. We know whether we want a comedy or a tragedy mm-hmm. uh, with each character. And now we're just working on getting them there without just seeming like all we're doing is trying to get them there. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we yeah. have to run all the characters' outlines and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. a, that's a, fucking process i bet for sure yeah i mean it's it's always so when do you think uh probably i mean like do you think you're gonna have a full document for by like i mean august August 17th august 17th august August? wow that's what we set our deadline because now getting through the second episode is the hardest part because the way we envisioned it the second episode is almost a part two to the pilot it's like it picks up almost right after where the rest of them, it'll be a normal show where the passage of time is a little bit undefined. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, okay. And, but it's like, because it's a part two, it's like we still have arcs that we're working within mm-hmm. and situations that we need to kind of start to bring into the forefront. Yeah. 
Because, like, you know, we're the main characters. I get my episode. We need to make sure Charlie gets his episode. Um, and then we can really start the story once both and of our And kind of guys... weave, weave the other people, mm. main characters into it. And I'm really excited for these next, like, from breaking off from the mm. first two. We got, we got a bottle episode idea like a that bottle we want to do. Which is really ex- I'm really Yeah, which is going to be, like, where we get to get weird and artistic. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Weird. Hell yeah, dude. Whole episode in one location around one person. Yeah. I'm super uh, oh, like um, like the, the Fly episode with Breaking Bad, right? Something like that? Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, for me, it's it's yeah. like basically the whole episode is only going to deal with him, and it may not completely factor yeah. into the story. Like Teddy Perkins. Yeah, yeah, Teddy Perkins in Atlanta. Barry yeah. had one. That was, Barry did have yeah. one. The fight one. Oh, that's right. Teddy Perkins. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the crazy yeah. daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ties That's in, rad. but not fully. Mm-hmm. Type right. Of thing. We have an idea for that, and we got our stuff outlined, and we're going to work on it as as we keep filming. And I can send you uh, – we filmed, like, two of the scenes from the web series, and if you want to see them. I would love – I would love it. Send them to you, yeah. I, uh, I, plan on, I plan on finishing my shit by October. My birthday is – is October. So that's like my one, like that's my goal. So I'm going to have a full script and I'm going to have storyboards hopefully with it. So. We're happy to read it. I, I would, of course you guys are going to read it. Peyton, you too. Um, Christine, not so much. Christine scares me. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, no, she'll, she'll read it. I, I need her two cents into it, but uh, she does terrify me. Anyways, uh, I've t- <laughs> no but uh yeah guys thank you thank you so much for uh sharing halfway there i i appreciate it the script is rad uh and thank you peyton for tagging along and all of us talking about sister it's like a little reunion i like it yeah, it was really nice we're missing yeah. we're missing several people but you know it's 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 nice i i, I miss seeing you guys you know and i early mornings when i would help you carry shit and get the sets ready for my fucking car dude yeah dude, dude i oh, <laughs> That fucking rake, man. <laughs> Do you remember the rake? Dude, I not only... So, let, we could talk about my fuck-ups. Oh, man, dude. So, I remembered uh, I fucked up the rake, and it was plastic. And uh, and I remember... And it was pla- it was it was for it's to I didn't know this they were telling me it's to brush their animals like their bigger like animal like they had a buffalo so they were brushing the buffalo with with that rake I didn't know that and so I was like oh I no one told me and I was like hey are you guys using this rake and one of them was like yeah go for it. I forgot his name and I I took it and of course like when I broke it the fucking Amanda the owner was like hey did you guys break our rake <laughs> I was like I'm replacing it okay I promise and then I uh, and you're like thank God for PAs. Thank God for PAs. And then also, uh, I let I let uh, three horses out. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that was great. Where the gate did shut. I remember that. Oh, that Literally, a guy was like, "Go ahead," and I'm like, "Okay." And I drove in without even closing it behind me. Didn't think about it. Fucking. So and then I saw Paula was like, "Why is the gate open? Why are my horses leaving?" And Bennett, Charlie, me all at the same time turned and were I. <laughs> 
you guys, you, Bennett talked about how he wanted to uh, jump off that uh, second story building. I wanted to drive my car yeah. into the creek for sure. Like I just wanted to drive. <laughs> that was not a good. And then moments later, Christine shoved the camera in my face like, hey, you let horses out. You fucked up. How do you feel? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, Christine. I'm like, Christine. Moments was when. We were doing the campfire scene, which was, you know, pretty epic to get that thing figured out. Oh, get Guys, that yeah, was such a dope out. scene. That was so yeah. rad. Picking out all the, you know, firewood and just Paula just being like, better watch out for snakes. There's but, any, but anyway, <laughs> at some point, you guys needed the battery and it was the extra battery and it was back at the, yeah. so I had to go and drive back and get it. And I was so like sleep deprived and stuff that I was like, I'm going to get lost. <laughs> I'm just not going to come back. And I luckily took yeah. the right turn. Yeah, luckily. And I found the right thing and it all worked out. But I was I'm glad it wasn't like a Blair Witch situation where you're just lost and you're circling around yeah. endlessly, you know? Payton did a great job hiring all of us. It worked out yeah. better than we all could have hoped. Thank you. She me. did do a good job. What are you talking about? Hell yeah, dude. Thanks. She did a great job. She hired the most inexperienced people you could possibly find. <laughs> you know but i listen like i learned i learned so much more even i i i didn't take so when i first worked art department i didn't realize i would be i would ever take the role of art direction or even production designer just being in charge of art department in general just wasn't i never thought it would be a thing i would do and i do love the experience it is it is red and i do like flying solo but man, it is when you when you realize how essential it is to have an art director and a set dresser like present at the same time. I didn't I didn't take it for I mean I I didn't really take it seriously until then because I thought like I can do this it'll be fine like I'll be I'll be totally fine and I was way too like I was I was I was too obnoxious for my own good and it put me in check it. it and that's the greatest thing about filmmaking is that it will humble you regardless if you like it or not. Like it will keep you in check. If you think you know something, you don't. And Christine reminds me that every time I'm on set with her, like if I, especially if I fuck up, it's like, Christine, I know what I'm doing. And she was like, do you? Oh, okay. And I fuck up and she was like, so you clearly know what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's if you say yes and then act like you didn't do anything wrong. People respect that. Exactly. Yeah. And nothing was ever wrong. And then people earn respect for you and you get all the work you would ever want in your life. That's good advice. Are you referring to Trump or something? No, I was just making, <laughs> a, making a joke. Okay. Narcissistic joke. <laughs> It was pretty good. Thank you. It was good. It was a zinger. It was. I didn't really commit to the joke, so I think that's why it didn't work. I didn't commit hard enough. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's hard to do comedy on a a Zoom conference. Yeah, yeah, it is true. You and I can do witty banter back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't even imagine how comedians feel doing stand-up comedy, like in on a Zoom conference. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Thank All right, guys. On Zoom. Oh, wait, we got to end. Sorry. It's okay. Wait, no, what, what were you saying? You don't want... You're doing a play on Zoom. How is that? Like, right? Are you doing a Zoom play? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it work? Like, with... Uh, it does. 
It does. As long as people understand um, their cues, that's very important. It's kind of like performing in front of a Sunday matinee crowd who are like, they're so tired and just not really, um, you know, perky. So you just have to be like, you, it has to be a well-oiled um, machine for sure. But I'm directing a play via Zoom here soon. So we'll see how that goes. You're directing a play? I mean, what's the play? Like, how can we see it? Can I see it? Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm trying to choose between two right now. Um, I have to finish my, my Chekhov um, certification programs and things. So I'm using that for this. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's going to be really great once I figure out what I'm doing. But I have, to, <laughs> I have to finish Sister before I jump into that because that's a fair enough. Huge, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. Um, I'm going to look at some questions. We're going into questions, you guys. Okay. So, yeah. So I posted on my Instagram. I posted on Facebook. I post. I post. I yeah. That's it. Just those two. And so far we have, we have two questions from Instagram and none on Facebook. So thanks Facebook, even though, uh, you know, we have, uh, 65 people watching this, you know, nobody wants to have a question. All right. <laughs> so, uh, one question. No, I don't get, know. Rume got me the shirt. If anyone's going to ask this me. This is no, a French shirt. No, I don't know where to get this and shirt. And then that car. It's usually Here the question shirt. I get. I think it's from Spencer's, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, one question is from uh, Kevin McDonald from, on Instagram. He wanted to ask, what is your guys' number one writing? Uh, wait, hang on. What is your guys' inspiration on writing? Sorry. What's your guys' inspiration on writing? TV, film, books. Oh, like books. what? Like what helps inspire me to write? Yes. Or where do yes. I? Draw? Sure. I mean, it's an ambiguous question, so I assume that. Yeah. For me, I personally like. I love TV. I've been watching more TV, but I also read a lot of books. Like I read a lot of fiction. Um, what What you reading right now? I read, I read a lot of fantasy. I read a lot of, you do know, classic fiction, like whatever it may be, but I read a lot of fantasy. And for me, like part of the reason I read is because you can tell stories, but because you create a fictional world, there's so many more ways you can tell psychological stories when you can completely change what someone's, the area someone lives is like and what encompasses that culture. But um, that's where I draw from for me. Uh, for me, I love like shows that explore i love anti-hero shows like that's where a lot of my stuff everything from like losers Walter yeah, White yeah. To killian murphy as thomas shelby and like peaky blinders peaky blinders there's something about anti-hero shows that feel so human to me um and that's where a lot of it comes from but a lot of times like when we write like web series stuff for me it's just like i'm thinking about a moment i had in my life that seemed like i was stuck in an episode of curb your enthusiasm <laughs> like it's so surreal and you're just at any moment about to scream at a waitress <laughs> yeah absolutely. I'm just like what is happening right now yeah like, well, i gotta tell charlie about this yeah like, why don't we do this but 
yeah, that's for me is just the absurdity of everyday life and then a lot of, you know, fiction anti-hero stuff I love for inspiration. But you're a huge fan of comedy too. You you, you both like comedy. Yeah. So yeah. You, are you guys watching, what's the kind, you, we talked about Dave before the show. Atlanta, um, Atlanta is Atlanta, one of the biggest inspirations. For yeah. Dave and, and Louie mm. are huge. Um, yes. Um, and then for me, I mean, I, I read a lot too. Not as much, not really fantasy, but more like I guess classic stuff. I'm trying to read more um, abstract modern right. stuff. Yeah, um, like with a narrative or like nonfiction. Yeah, like like Hemingway, Kafka. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, J.D. Salinger. Epstein. Epstein. Yeah. Steinbeck. Who's the guy reading now? The Japanese. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Hiro. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Japanese like surrealism. Yeah, Murakami. Japanese surrealism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was influenced nice. a lot. Um, but then for me also, it's it's a lot of um, you know just observation in life. Um, and and um, you know, like I remember working at Thundercloud for a while, and I would just you know each customer would come in and I would just set up whole backstories of their lives. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, what, as a barista, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so a great Woody pastime. Allen, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, Woody Allen has whole scenes. In the movie yeah. Talk about people. Oh yeah. 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 And, yeah. and then, and then also, I guess for us specifically, well, for me, like going through, you know, treatment and being in jail and, you know, rehabs and then working in the that industry i get to meet so many different kinds of people of all walks of life and that's been a huge influence on i think yeah i think my at least interest in, in film and, mm -hmm. and and writing just because it's like i just there's so many great stories mm -hmm. that you know i get to hear about all the time or like epic stories or tragic stories or like some of them that know, we filmed like, that you would never believe because yeah. they're that crazy. But yeah, um, you know, working, we both work in recovery. We work at a treatment center. We meet everyone from all different uh, cultures, races, religions, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds. And it's like, we just have millions of stories that we want. All of our characters in our show are based off of people that we know, like slightly yeah. fictionalized versions. And so, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff for me is this too at my job. Mm. Like, you know, that was the other thing about halfway there was that you guys expressed that it's all walks of life that go through drug addiction. It's not just one core finite group of people. It's, it's everybody. It's your neighbor. It's your brother. It's your sister. It's your mother. It's your dad. It's everybody, you know, it's uh, yeah. And you guys made it that much more real, especially like, I don't know who the character was, but uh, I think your character, Charlie, like there's this one old guy who he, like you guys make fun of all the fucking time. Gene. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. That that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. But what about you, Peyton? What, what's, what's, what's been your, what's been your inspiration? What's been your, uh... I mean, so far it's, um, I just have a really wild family who has crazy stories and I'm just like, okay, great. Yeah. No one would believe that that actually happened. Um, but I also watch a lot of, um, you know, films and shows and I go, okay, this is great. But what would happen if this was a woman instead? 
And then yeah. I kind of off of that whole ledge. Yeah, I mean, uh, same here. Uh, I've been I've been reading a lot more. I've been I'm reading uh, Neil Gaiman, The Sandman, lately, um, and it's a it's a it's a mind ripper. Oh man, it's a it's a definite mind ripper. And uh, I've been enjoying that. I've been I've actually been pl uh, playing video games that have amazing narratives. I've played The Last of Us Part Two. Holy shit it is if you t want to talk about good writing hands down and it's a video game by the way it's and it's uh the narrative is is structurally beautiful there's side missions that continue the protagonist's story and you can dive deeper into other characters stories and like go through their side missions and stuff like that and of course like there's uh uh decisions that you have to make along the way you know so your input is val validated in in the video game as well um that's been good um and i've been watching crazy old movies lately uh like i've been watching a lot of kira kurosawa i've been watching a lot of uh watched um there's this one russian uh filmmaker in a uh uh, Tarkovsky. I've been watching a lot of Tarkovsky films, and there he is, Andrei Tarkovsky. If for those of you who don't know, is very deep, emotional films, and um, uh, and also Guillermo del Toro. I've been watching a lot of as well. Um, yeah, last night I just finished uh, Pan's Labyrinth for the ten tenth time, and Pan's Labyrinth is a is still this day like uh, crazy amazing in terms of fantasy. Uh, the story from beginning to end and the hero's journey of the little girl, fucking great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, good question, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, next question is from uh, Megan. Um, well, I mean, we can't really answer this question. Have you guys been working on film sets and what have you been working on during the uh, COVID crisis? I haven't been working on anything. <laughs> I am unemployed. <laughs> I, we haven't been on obviously any sets for us. It's just been writing, pumping out this series document because it's every time. Just writing done. for you guys. Yeah. And then obviously filming, filming, you know, we've been filming. filming yeah. 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 Just literally just two of us in an apartment and we were finally like, screw it, let's just film something. Like, I don't care if we don't have anyone else to hold stuff. We, you know, we have microphone stands. We can make, we can just use whatever we want to. We're going to just lamps he already has in his house for lighting. We were like, screw it. And then obviously working with Peyton more recently on like the sister edit and stuff um, to try to get that done. But yeah, mm. yeah, no set. Stuff just no, no real sets. Just stuff. doing some. Tired of yeah. tired of sitting around as much writing. As we can. Yeah. yeah. Tired of sitting around writing, just talking about filming yeah. something. Be like, what are we waiting to film something? Like, yeah, we have a house. Just, yeah, and the camera. Just go yeah. do it. Yeah. A beautiful camera and yeah. a house. Like, right. let's, um, an awesome mic. Let's do something. And it'll be. It should be done for D. Yeah, we're hoping a week too. or two. Yeah, yeah, we can finish it. And, and what about you, Peyton? I've been doing a bunch of Zoom performances and things yes. like that. Um, but no, I haven't been on the set. I have been behind a computer a lot learning how to edit the documentary for Sister. Yeah, and I've also learned, I'm, I'm relearning how to draw again, you guys. You know? I'm, I'm you know. How to draw. 
I never knew, yeah. but I started. Not, yeah. For storyboarding? For storyboarding. Yeah, because yeah. I realized going into it, like when I first storyboard, I sent a picture to a friend of mine and uh, he's a DIT. And he, uh, I sent it to him and he was like, wow, this is garbage. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But can you get what I'm trying to say here? He's like, no. What, what is this? And I'm like, fuck. So I had to go back and learn how to draw trees properly. Happy little clouds, happy little trees. And, you know, just go back to basics and draw nature. And like drawing a car is apparently a fucking crisis for Adam. You know, I can't draw a car for the life of me. I'm just trying to draw this, you know, just a, just a simple car with, you know, four people in the car. And I want a camera you know, I just want the frame pointed through the windshield. So I see everybody visibly and I can't draw that for some reason. It's just fucking impossible. And, um, but I'm learning, I'm learning and you know, it's a, it's a day-to-day process, but I've also gone to, you know, Photoshop and I just like, I've been reading a lot of comic books too. And I've been like taking pictures of like images and like panels of, uh, different comics and like, you know, seeing like how I can cut around it and put it in a frame that I want to see or how I, you know, a, a, an action yeah. sequence that I see. Um, that's how I do it. Or I take it out of a, an original film. Like, uh, like there's a, I, I, I was way too ambiguous with my, uh, with my action sequences and I wanted to have a car chase sequence and I realized that's not fucking practical and it's not possible. And I realized how the ramifications of, how hard it is. And, uh, I watched a documentary on, uh, Steven Spielberg, Sugarland express. And just that one scene of like a pan of like just a motorcycle, just going barreling down the highway took a, like three days just to fucking shoot and about three months to prepare. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Fuck that. No, no car chases for good old Adam. We're just going to do some Jackie Chan fight scenes and that's it. <laughs> yeah things oh then they gave me his cinematography book the three or the five c's of cinematography so i started reading that and taking notes like studying it like i'm in school we're just trying to learn as much as we can so we can do anything as as much needed to right all the areas we don't know and that blood meridian book you gave me like i'm i'm like a highlighting there's so much great scene description Mm -hmm. cormac mccarthy right cormac mccarthy dude yeah Yeah. hell yeah Yeah. red blood meridian i've never read yeah oh nice right now um yeah, you yeah. see why his movies are his books are yeah, easily I, made in the movies. Yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, I and same with Neil Gaiman too. I, I realize, especially with American Gods, I read American. I finished American Gods last week, and uh, holy shit! Like I and the show is amazing. The show is fantastic as well, but the books are just fucking crazy and it's it goes even deeper than than the shows there's so much backstory with characters it's phenomenal but anyways uh you guys i think we're out of time and out of podcast um was there anything you guys wanted to talk about like anything to plug anything to share with that you you know the audience looks forward to or i think for us, i would like to have you guys again on the pod if 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 you guys are, are down for it you know we would, yeah, love, would to. love to uh, our company we don't have anything online yet because we're going to wait for the web series 
in the short film, but it's called Dirty Jerry Productions. Whenever we finish the web series, it'll be up on YouTube. You guys have a YouTube? We don't have anything yet. We're waiting until okay. we finish the web series thing, and then we'll blast everything out. But it's called Dirty Jerry Productions, but we don't have anything yet, so just be on the lookout for that. Other than that, you know, wear your mask. Be on the lookout for Peyton's Zoom play uh, coming to a nearest Zoom near you. Um, coming to a YouTube channel near you. A YouTube channel near you. Hopefully. Powered by Zoom. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else? Um, Chuck no. and Joe's Sober Living is the name of a sober living company <laughs> if you need a men's sober living house. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you have a website for that? Or... Uh, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> uh, I, not, yeah, but he um, doesn't want to plug it. So I'll fine, do. you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to if you don't want to. But uh, hey, guys, it's been it's been absolutely real. Thank you to everyone who's been watching on Facebook. Uh, we actually got a lot more viewers now with the last twenty minutes. Where are the fuck were you guys? Are all those like uh, weird? fake Indian accounts that are like all Oh, maybe, maybe, who knows. But yeah. it's just the last like 10, 15 minutes. We've we've gone from like uh, almost 70 people to like 110. Hi. So, uh, hi. But we're, we're, we're about to leave you guys. Uh, you guys, thank you again for being part of the Get Real This Podcast. That's been Charlie Moffat, Bennett Price, Peyton Brewer, Legends. Legends. Thank you guys again. I am Adam Chase Rennie. Uh, Christine will be back on the show soon. When? I don't know. Um, is it next week? I don't know. Uh, I know you guys miss her more than, uh, uh, you know, uh, you miss me. And that's fine. It's okay. She's the talent. I'm not. And it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> We're fine. Bye.